We're wrapping up our series of prophetic words for 2024, and in many ways, I feel I have saved the best word for last. Or maybe a better way to put that is I've saved the weightiest or most important word for last. So don't go anywhere because I'm about to share with you the invitation, opportunity, and strategy that God is sharing with his church in 2024. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, the streaming media broadcast that equips, encourages, and empowers you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. I want to thank you for being with us for this whole series through January and here in the beginning of February, the whole series of prophetic words for 2024 that we've been sharing with you and that you've been here for the words that I've been sharing and the words that my prophetic friends who have prophetic voices that I trust have been sharing. You've given us great feedback on all of those words. And I believe that this word, this key word, this, this, as I call the best for last, the weightiest, the most important is really going to be a key to help us not only step into, but see these moves of God that we're crying out for manifest and maintain. So what I want to do is I want to read the word to you as it came to me, and then we'll unpack it and kind of dig into different aspects of it and look at it scripturally. And then I'm going to pray for each and every one of you. So here's the word as it came to me. This is the Lord speaking. And he said, I am releasing a renewed revelation of holiness to my church, and I'm drawing my people to lovingly embrace the invitation, opportunity, and strategy of holiness in this hour. I think this word is so simple, but so deeply profound. You know, we're crying out for these moves of God. We're crying out for um, God to move in his church, God to move in our nations, God to move in our lives and our bloodlines and our bodies and our souls. We're crying out for God to move in our media and in our school systems. We're crying out because we look around and we see that we desperately need a move of God. And we need a powerful move of God like we've seen in past revivals and past reformations. But you know what every move of God has had in common throughout church history, throughout the history of Christianity? Every move of God has had one thing in common, whether it was a move of his presence, a move of healings, a move of salvations and evangelism, whether it was a move of miracles, signs and wonders, whatever the great moves of God have been, whether it was a revival mood, a move, a reformation move, every single one of those moves of God has had one thing in common, that they have been a move of the Holy Spirit of God. And I think one of the reasons he's inviting us, how'd he put it, to that he's releasing a renewed revelation of holiness to his church and drawing us to lovingly embrace the invitation, opportunity, and strategy of holiness in this hour is God wants a move and a sustained move even more than we do. And I think one of the things that's happened in the last definitely 20 to 30 years of charismatic Christianity is this incredible understanding of the certainty of God's love and the totality of his grace has been embraced by the church and praise God for that. Praise God that we've broken down all of the, the, the sort of religion that has crept into the church over the years. And we've understood the certainty, the absolute certainty of God's eternal love for each and every one of us and the total grace that he gives us. 
However, in that, I believe that something has got mixed in with this sort of sloppy grace idea that God's love is so certain and his grace is so certain that we can do whatever we want and we're still forgiven. Well, in a way, that's true because all our sins are forgiven and we we sort of can do everything we want and we're still forgiven because the blood works and he loves us no matter what. However, we see in places like Romans 8, 19, where it talks about all of creation is crying out for the mature ones to be revealed, for the sons of God to be revealed. But really, that could be translated as the huios believers to be revealed. And huios, is, I'm sure you know, is one of the four biblical words for sons, and it means mature ones. So it's really all of creation is waiting for the church to realize who we are and what we have and choose to walk in it so we can more fully represent and represent our God and operate in everything he's given us. And that's really, you're going to see as we unpack this, that's really what this invitation to holiness is all about. God's invitation to a renewed understanding of holiness is not an invitation to a deeper commitment to religion and performance and piety and self-righteousness. No, no, no. He's wanting to remind us quite literally remind us, change the way we think about holiness. Because in that sloppy grace stuff, there's this idea that holiness, that choosing to walk in righteousness, choosing to embrace the imputed holiness of Jesus Christ, and truly choosing to be set apart from this world, to look different, sound different, choose different, act different, to move according to the will of ways and word of God, uh, his character and nature, to desire to move in the fruit of the Spirit as much as the gifts of the Spirit, because it's all the same Holy Spirit. God is wanting to remind us of the power of that, to look different, sound different, be different. That's what holiness is. It's not something we do as performance to get something we don't have. It's a way that we choose to walk in all that we do have. It's one of the ways we become one of the mature ones that all of creation is crying out for. And I think it will help us not only see moves of God, but it will help us see sustained moves of God. Because when we really get with this invitation, opportunity, and strategy of holiness is in the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ and choosing to walk in that, I think we're going to see that we don't earn moves of God by choosing to be holy. We participate in the fullness of who our God is and bring it into every situation because we're not only embracing his presence and his power, but we're embracing his his personality, his character, his nature. And I think the key there is that does not launch a new move of God. That does not earn, better way to put it, that does not earn us a move of God. But when the moves of God come that we're cooperating with the Holy One in, I think we'll see them sustained and carried on because we're choosing to walk in holiness. That doesn't earn us a sustained move of God, but it merely means we're pressing into who we truly are in Christ, into that holiness, that righteousness, to walk with him in the move of God as much as when we walk with him to see the move of God be birthed. I think we're going to see not just moves of God breaking forth in the earth, because the church is embracing, as he said, lovingly embracing the invitation, opportunity, and strategy of holiness. But we're going to see sustained moves of God that brings revival to the churches and reformation to the nation. So let's dig into this a little bit. 
I'll read it again, and then I want to give you some of the prophetic insight that he gave me that I wrote out, and I'll read that to you as well. But this was the word as it came to me. God speaking, saying, I am releasing a renewed revelation of holiness to my church and drawing my people to lovingly embrace the invitation, opportunity, and strategy of holiness in this hour. Now, think about this. This was some of the insight and prophetic insight that the Lord gave me as I lingered in this word with him. And he reminded me how in Luke 3.22, when Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus comes up to John the Baptist and says, baptize me. And he said, oh my gosh, you're the Lamb of God. You're taking away the sins of all the world. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus says, no, 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 this is unto all righteousness. And what he's saying is, this is unto all being made righteous, where Jesus didn't need to be baptized. But remember, the son of God came as a son of man. So every son of man could become a son of God. The child of God came as a child of man. So every child, every son, every daughter of man could become a son, a daughter, a child of God. And everything he did was unto all righteousness for all people in all places for all time. And he's saying, no, 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 I need to go through the, the total process on behalf of the ones I'm cutting covenant with my father for. Because Jesus not only came for us, he came as us, right? So he says to John the Baptist, no, 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 I must be baptized unto all righteousness. John gets it. He baptizes him, comes up out of the water. You know the story in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, Luke, sorry, Matthew 3 and Luke 3, where the heavens open, the Father speaks, behold my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit descends as a dove, and Jesus is as immersed and baptized and filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit as he was immersed in the waters of baptism. So he comes up out of the waters, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what happens? He's immediately led into a time of testing by the Holy Spirit. And when he comes out of that time of testing in the desert, it's very clear in Luke four verses one to two, that while he went into the time of testing filled with the Holy Spirit, he came out of the time of testing, it says in Luke four verses one and two, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Actually, that's Luke four four. He's led into the time of testing in Luke 4, verses 1 through 2. That's the lead-in. He goes through all that, and then when he comes out of that time of testing in Luke 4, 14, he comes out in power. Now, think about this. The church definitely, in the last several years, ever since the, you know, the pandemic and all that, we have been in a time of testing in many, many ways on many, many fronts. And I believe there is an opportunity here that if we choose righteousness, if we choose to walk in holiness, if we choose the truth of God and the character and nature of God, if we choose the presence, power, and personality of God in the midst of all that, then I believe what God is saying is there's this strategy, invitation, or invitations, opportunity, and strategy if we choose to walk in his holiness in the midst of the testing like Jesus did to come into this season, come into 2024, and, and from this point on to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit and praise God he's been helping us as counselor, as paracletos, as the one who comes alongside, as the comforter. He's been helping us in so many ways, but God is reminding us, I'm going to give you the scriptures for this, of the invitation, the opportunity, and the strategy in choosing to walk in that holiness and choosing to be one of those mature ones in Christ mature sons of God, as opposed to immature sons of God, who are still sons of God, who are still go to heaven, who can still do miracle signs and wonders here on earth. But to see something launched 
and birthed and maintained, I believe God is saying, I want to remind you and I want to renew your mind and I want to help change the way you think about holiness because the enemy has gotten some lies in to the church and some are thinking of holiness as religion, as performance, as legal pressure. And it's not that at all. It's an invitation. It's an opportunity and it's a strategy to walk in the fullness of who we truly are. So as we, the church, have been in a time of testing these last several years, God is reminding us, both in the traditional sense of reminding us and saying, hey, I need you to remember what holiness is. But I think he's also reminding us in the literal sense where he's renewing our minds of what holiness really is, of the invitation, opportunity, and strategy to walk in the holiness that we already have. And for those who say yes to this and reject that that idea that's crept into a fraction of the church about, and that, that has been called the sloppy grace movement, um, well, that declares that choosing to walk in holiness is some form of oppressive religious performance or self-righteous striving, and say, if you choose holiness, you're choosing religion, you're choosing performance, you don't really understand what grace is. Grace means you are forgiven. Well, we're absolutely forgiven. However, grace is not the forgiveness of God. Grace is the indwelling power of God to refuse temptation, to choose to live inside of all that he's blessed us with and all that he's given, not to earn anything we don't have, but to fully walk in all that we do have. And that's one of the things that's going to come through so powerfully. There's going to be a whole new move of holiness preaching in the church, and I believe it will begin in 2024. And I believe it's going to be really, really powerful. And it's not going to be religious. It's not going to be legalistic. It's not going to be jump through these hoops and God will love you and save you. No, it's going to be God does love you. God has saved you. God has given you every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He has given you everything pertaining to life and godliness here on earth. And when you choose to walk in it, you're choosing to walk in the fullness of what you have. You don't choose to walk in it to get something you don't have. You choose to walk in it for the fullness of of what you have been given. And the charismatic church that we've loved, the presence and the power of God, we're about to fall in love all over again with the personality of God. And so much of that personality of God, if we're going to put it on display, we'll be walking in holiness. We're going to sound different, look different, choose different, act different, think different than the world in this hour. And even with all that's going on in the world, we're going to mature. We're going to grow up and choose to walk in radical righteousness and heroic holiness. We're going to stand for righteousness like never before, but we're going to do it more in the character and nature of the righteous one than ever before. And all billions will be saved because of it. And again, not because we're earning that, but we're participating with what we really have. God's going to release a greater grace to help us see that holiness is an invitation, opportunity, and strategy to walk in the fullness of all we truly are in Christ, including greater manifestations of his power. Because again, when Jesus went into the time of testing on our behalf in the desert, he went in filled with the Spirit when he chose to adhere 
to the word of God, to trust in the goodness of God, to walk with his father and trust in his father, no matter how things looked or felt in the moment, no matter what the enemy tempted him with, he refused the temptation. He, he stayed rooted and grounded in scripture. He stayed rooted and grounded in the certainty that his father was there. His father did care and his father was good. And when he came out of that time of testing, it was to walk in greater displays of power, not to just be filled with Holy Spirit, to, to move in the power of the Holy Spirit and choosing to stay in alignment with God in all situations at all times, not in our own strength, not in our own might, but by the Holy Spirit. The reason he was able to do that on our behalf as a man is because he'd been filled with Holy Spirit. We have been filled with Holy Spirit. It's time we start cooperating with that, choosing that as much as we choose to believe for miracles or anything else, which we need to be believing for. He's not an either or God. He's not a one from column A, one from column B, one from column C. He's choose everything on the menu. Remember, everything in my household is yours. And I want to give you a key. I want to remind you that one of the ways to walk in the fullness that you've been longing for is to reject the lie of the sloppy grace movement, to reject the lie that because all your sins are forgiven and I love you no matter what, and I have grace and mercy and compassion for you no matter what, that you can do whatever you want. It has no impact. Of course it has impact. And you're going to see that. So choosing to walk in holiness again, and I'm doing something in the spirit here as much as simply repeating it to you. I'm releasing it out in the spirit again and again. Choosing to walk in holiness has nothing to do with earning something we don't have. We can't earn any of it. Jesus has given all of it, but it has everything to do with choosing to walk in the fullness and totality of who we truly are in Christ. So let's look at this. Holiness, God says, is an invitation that he's extending the invitation of holiness to his church in 2024. Look at Romans 12, verse 2, that says, do not be conformed to this world. What's he saying? Just what we're talking about. Choose to walk in holiness. Choose to stand for righteousness, but not, but do it in the character and nature of the righteous one. Don't be conformed to this world, to how they think, to how they choose, to how they act, to the excuses they make, to the compromises and wickedness and unrighteousness that runs rampant. If you do, I won't stop loving you. The, the sacrifice of my son won't stop being a gift to you, but you need to understand my goal for you is for you to bring heaven to earth, not to bring heaven into you and then make compromise choices as well. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So God's saying, hey, choose to walk in the fullness of who I am and who you are in me, with me, and for me. Don't be conformed to this world knowing you're saved so you can do whatever you want. Walk in the fullness of who I am and walk in the fullness of who you are. One of the way, when you do this, you will be transformed into greater, greater, and greater expressions, not just of who I am, but who you are in me, with me, and for me. And as you do that, you will be proving and showing the whole wide world what is good and acceptable and perfect. You're going to show them who I am and what I'm like. Remember, Jesus came to put the invisible father visibly on display. And we are now the body of Christ here on earth. In no way does that mean we're Messiah. No way are we Messiah. There's only one Messiah. There's only one Savior. And his name is Jesus Christ. But when we've said yes to that one Messiah, that one Jesus Christ, that one Savior, we are now his expression in the earth. 
And one of the ways we walk in the fullness of that is we walk in holiness. It's one of the reasons that Jesus, is, um, as soon as he started preaching, when he came out in the power of the Spirit, what was his message when he started going out and preaching? Yes, he went into uh, uh, the synagogue and proclaimed Matthew, or sorry, Matthew, Isaiah 61, and he said, today this is fulfilled in your midst. But when he makes that de declaration, he then goes out into ministering, and what's his message? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's he saying? What is repent? Well, it's not hang your head guilty sinner. It means change the way you think about everything because now the kingdom of God is here and I'm going to put that on display. So you realize, whoa, something's different. There's different options. There's something radically different, not just about him, but being presented to me. I want to grab hold of that. And when we walk in the presence and the power of God, that's put on display. But I want to tell you what, people are hungry to know that there's also the, the, the personality of God, that there's hope, that there's joy, that there's love, that there's purity, that there's peace, that there's righteousness and holiness because this dark and wicked world is failing them left, right, and sideways. And the things they thought would make them happy aren't, but they'll see in us not only the presence and power of God, but the personality of God. And they'll be as hungry for the peace and joy that we walk in because we're walking in righteousness and holiness. And that will draw them as well. So there's an invitation with holiness. Maybe the best example of the invitation is in Joshua 3, verse 5. When the Lord speaks to Joshua and says, hey, get the people ready. Um, they're about to cross over. I'm about to bring them in to what they've been believing for for generations and, 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 and centuries, right? And what is in Joshua 3, 5, Joshua extends the invitation of the Lord. For, to walk into and walk in everything he is giving them. And it says this, then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves anew unto the Lord for tomorrow he will do wonders in our midst. Or other translations say, consecrate yourselves anew for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders amongst you or amongst us. See the invitation to holiness, consecrate yourself anew. In 2024, almost every day in my prayer chair, in my devotion time with the Lord, I sit there and I say, Lord, I consecrate myself anew to you today. Thank you for the opportunity to embrace holiness, to set myself apart for you, to set my thoughts apart from you, to set my uh, emotions apart for you, to set my words apart for you, not from you, for you, to consecrate myself anew. Let my choices be consecrated unto you, my thoughts, my words, my emotions, my actions, my deeds, my will, my ways, my days, let them be set apart for you. And it's not, a, oh, I got to earn my salvation again today. Not at all. It's that, Lord, I want to focus again here in the morning, how I want to set everything apart for you. I want to walk in the fullness of all that you bless me with and the fullness of who I am in you. I choose holiness this morning. And when we do that and we set ourselves up for that during the day, we're not setting up this quid pro quo, religious, legalistic performance pressure contract that if we blow it throughout the day, it's like, oh, I blew it. So I don't get any of that stuff. No, we're saying, Lord, by your grace, I'm going to walk in everything that I am in you today. And if I go to the right or to the left, I want you to convict me. I want you to shine your light on it. I know there's no condemnation for me in Christ, but I want any correction. I want to see if I'm going to the right or the left because my desire is to embrace the invitation of holiness and walk in the fullness of it because, oh my gosh, it's a blessing to me and it's a blessing to everyone around me. So, 
There's an invitation to holiness in 2024 for us to walk in that, to consecrate ourselves anew. And oh my gosh, the wonders he'll work amongst us. I'm telling you, there are some of you who have been wrestling with things over and over and over and over again. And remember one of the words for 2024 was there's going to be a great falling away in the faith of the things that have limited us or hindered us. This is part of that. Part of the wonders he's going to work in our midst is as we take up the invitation to walk in a greater degree, greater commitment, greater consecration to who we truly and fully are in Christ and choose to walk in holiness. So many of those things we've wrestled with are going to fall away. I know there's somebody watching right now and you're thinking, yeah, but you don't know what I'm wrestling with. You don't know the issues I've had with lust and pornography, you know, and somebody else has been a gambling issue. I am telling you, God is saying there's an invitation to holiness in this year. And all you have to do is say yes to it. And then he will grace you. And yes, you need to make the choices along the way because he'll never violate your free will. But you're going to notice a grace to 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 respond to, to grab hold of and to walk in the invitation for holiness and things that you've been ashamed of, things that have bothered you, things that you've been hiding. They're going to fall away. All right. He also said that there's an opportunity in holiness that he wants us to see and embrace in 2024. Holiness is an opportunity. Remember, God says in 1 Peter 1.16, and it's echoing in from the Old Testament, be holy for I am holy. He doesn't say be holy because I'm holy or be holy so I'll give you something you don't have. He's saying, no, be holy for I am holy. What's he doing? He's not mandating religious legalistic performance pressure to measure up when he says this. He's reminding us who he is. And in that, he's reminding us who we are because we're made in his image and after his likeness. Be holy for I am holy is not pressure. It's opportunity. It's invitation and opportunity. That's scripture by itself. That's invitation and opportunity. I'm inviting you to be holy for I am holy. I'm reminding you of the opportunity to be holy for I am holy. And when you choose to walk in the holiness that I've given you and I'll grace you to walk in, you're choosing to walk in a greater and fuller manifestation of who I am and a greater and fuller manifestation of who you are here on earth. Another opportunity in holiness is Look at Isaiah 7, 14. We know this really well. And obviously this is about what's historically going to come place with the coming forth of Messiah. But I want to look at this prophetically as well within the context of God presenting this opportunity for holiness to his church. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which, which means God with us. What is a virgin? Well, we know what a virgin literally is, but looking at this prophetically, I think God wants to remind his church in this hour that it's the virgins, the pure ones who birth Emmanuel, who participate with birthing incredible moves of God that changes everything for everyone everywhere, who births, who brings and births God with us, who carries and births God with us. Now, None of us are pure in our own right. Remember, this is not about religion and legalism. That's one of the lies God is tearing down about holiness and righteousness. This is about opportunity to walk not in something, not to earn something you don't have, but to walk in the fullness of who you are. And if you're willing, by His grace and through the power of His Holy Spirit, who are we even filled with? Not just the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God. He'll do it. We just cooperate with it. We just embrace the opportunity of it. And the more we embrace 
this opportunity of being a pure one through the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We can't do it. We couldn't do it. We, 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 we don't need to do it. We simply need to say yes to it, not only for our salvation, but there's something about this opportunity to say yes to walking in that imputed righteousness that is going to so powerfully open up like clouds are going to open. And many people who've been wrestling, even as they've walked in the presence and power of God, something has felt missing. There's been things that they've even thought, ah, you know, you've been reaching into dark places because pain will seek pleasure in the wrong ways. And the enemy can't wait to fulfill legitimate needs in illegitimate ways. But God is reminding us of the opportunity again, not only to be more fully and truly who we are in him, but it's his pure ones who choose to walk in the imputed purity of Jesus Christ that birth Emmanuel. And you are going to birth more of God in your workplace, in your family, in your marriage, amongst your prodigals, in your finances, in your health, in your soul, than you've ever imagined, uh, ever imagined being able to do because you are embracing the opportunity of holiness. So holiness is an invitation. There's an invitation of holiness in this in, 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 for the church. There's an opportunity in holiness for the church. And holiness is also a strategy for the church. In Matthew 28, in verses 19 through 20, when the victorious risen Lord is giving the great commission to his church and, and, and uh, inspiring and igniting us to go out and share all that we've been given, this is what he says. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. So let's start with the end. He's saying, hey, here's one of the ways that you do this. You teach them to follow all that I've commanded you. How do you do that? By putting it on display. So in this, we're being invited to disciple nations and baptize nations in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. How the heck do you baptize a nation? How do you baptize an entire people group? Well, the key is, we know baptize means to soak, to immerse, right? But the key is in the word name there. When, when Jesus says, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that word is onama in the Greek, and it can be it can be translated as name, but it's also translated as character and authority. And he's saying, here's the strategy to impact nations. Choose to walk in my character, and when you do, you'll actually see an even greater authority because you're cooperating not only with the presence and power of me through my Holy Spirit, but you're cooperating with the character and nature of me through my Holy Spirit. So you're choosing to embrace a fullness of who I am in you and through you, and it will actually work to baptize nations. When you choose to walk in what I have commanded you, not to earn something you don't have, but to walk in the fullness of all that you have been given, this will actually work. When you're walking in my character and nature, you're actually walking in my authority and you're going to see impact on a national level. Do you understand the opportunity here, the, the invitation here, the strategy here, that if we will partner with the Holy Spirit within us to move in, yes, the presence and power of God, but also the personality, the character and nature, when we 
look different, sound different, act different, choose different, respond differently. When we stand for righteousness like never before, but we do it in the character and nature of the righteous one like never before, we're going to have more authority. Why? Because we're operating in the character and nature of love. We're showing a world that's hurt, divided, angry, and scared what they're really hungry for. Way more than any of the things they're being promised and lied to about in all the systems of man that's, uh, that's twisting and taking advantage of good hearts and scared hearts. We're showing them who God really is by the way we behave, by, by the way we respond, the way we choose, the way we speak, the way we love, the way we have patience and grace for others as God has for us while not budging on righteousness and right and wrong. Jesus didn't come into this world and say, hey, bro, I love you, so it's all good, man. No, he came into this world not to say sin's no big deal or sin has no impact, but to deal with sin. But he also came into this world to show us our loving father who gave the gift of his son, who refuses not to love us and will do anything to have us. He also came to show us that the character and nature of who he is and what he's like is to love someone until they ask you why. And as you stand for righteousness, the unrighteous will wonder why, why do you still love me? Why do you still have patience for me when you, you don't like what I do or stand for? It's because we're walking in holiness. We're walking in righteousness. We're set apart. We're different. We're responding differently. We're baptizing nations. We're discipling nations and baptizing nations by choosing to walk in God's character, which also allows us to walk in his authority. So there is a strategy to holiness. And let me finish with this when it comes to the strategy. Think of Romans 5 verses 15 through 19. Now, different translations say it different ways. I'm going to massively paraphrase it here, but just for time's sake, so I don't keep you too much longer. Romans 5, 15 through 19 is all about uh, the sons of God, about the first son, Adam, and, the, and, 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 and then the, 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 uh, Jesus, uh, the second son, Jesus. So it says, paraphrasing, it says, because the first son, Adam, chose to disobey unrighteousness entered the world. It doesn't say because he disobeyed, he was made unrighteous. He was, but it says unrighteousness entered the world. And we need to understand this. So uh, when Adam was in perfect relationship with God, completely loved and totally accepted, absolutely provided for, he chose to disobey. And it didn't just make him unrighteous, unrighteousness entered the world. So for, and you know, and we're through Christ, we're restored to the relationship with our heavenly father and all of his kingdom here on earth that Adam and Eve had before the fall. So for anybody who says you're forgiven, so your sins don't matter, Romans 5 proves that especially we're in relationship with our Heavenly Father, our choices matter. And if we choose sin, if we choose unholiness, as we choose unrighteousness, because we know we're forgiven no matter what, we're loved no matter what, no big deal, bro. Well, it, it actually is a big deal. Not because we have to perform for our God, but when we choose unrighteousness, unrighteousness enters the earth. When we choose to disobey, hey, I'm forgiven. Hey, there's grace for me and love and mercy for me. And there is. But if from that place, we choose to willingly disobey. It causes unrighteousness to enter the earth. That's a pretty heavy thing. You can baptize nations in unrighteousness and wickedness through your choices of disobedience. But here's what's cool. 
that's a heavy thing. But here's the super exciting thing and the opportunity and strategy of holiness. It says then, because the second son, Christ Jesus, chose to obey, righteousness was made available to all. It doesn't say he was made righteous. He already was. But it says because the righteous one chose to walk in righteousness, righteousness is made available to all. The impact of that son in relationship with his father also was released out and impacted all of creation. So here's the cool thing about choosing to walk in righteousness as a child of God, a son or a daughter of God. Your choices matter. Get your head around that. Be, especially because you are forgiven, especially because you are loved, especially because you're absolutely in certainty, loved and back into relationship with your heavenly father and all of his kingdom here on earth. Absolutely you are. Nothing can make him stop loving you. Nothing can make the finished work of the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ stop working for you and forgiving you. You will be forgiven no matter what. However, the mature ones recognize the difference between right and wrong and choose to obey not to get something we don't have, but to choose to walk in the fullness of who we are, knowing that those choices actually release righteousness, holiness out into the earth. When we choose patience, it releases patience out into all creation. When we choose unity, it releases unity out. And a little bit of light will destroy a whole lot of darkness. And if you're like me, sometimes you blow it, man. And you don't do it intentionally. You're not willfully disobeying, saying, it doesn't matter, bro, I'm forgiven. But, you know, you have a flesh moment. And I'm not making excuses for that. I'm saying those are the moments to remember we're absolutely loved, we're absolutely forgiven, and the blood absolutely works. We can stop and go, oh, Lord, forgive me. I had a flesh moment. I just released impatience or irritation or anger or division or whatever out into all creation. I repent of that. I change the way I think. I change the way I feel. I change the way I react to this situation. God, I cover that all with the blood of Jesus. Thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you that whatever I just released out into the spirit that was unrighteousness and darkness, it's covered by the blood of Jesus and it falls to the ground harmless and effective. And now, God, thank you that I can choose righteousness. I can choose to grab hold of the invitation, opportunity, and strategy of holiness in this hour. And because I am your child, because I am your son, that gets released out into the spirit and baptizes my entire nation, immerses my entire nation. And that that's the strategy, the opportunity that, and, and the invitation of holiness. And that's what God wants to wake us up to in 2024, because he's going to use us in powerful and profound ways. So I'm going to pray for you here in just one second. Let me sum everything up by rereading the word to you as it came to me when the Lord spoke and said, I am releasing a renewed revelation of holiness to my church and drawing my people to lovingly embrace the invitation, opportunity, and strategy of holiness in this hour. Here's what I want you to do. Even before I pray for you, post in the comments, amen. Post in the comments, yes, Lord. Post in the comments, Lord, thank you. I receive the invitation, the opportunity, and the strategy of holiness. Or even just post there and say, Lord, I'm willing to be one of your heroes of holiness. Or Lord, I want to be one of your radicals of righteousness. Or simply make a comment of, Lord, help me. All he needs is a yes. You can just put that, yes, Lord, and he will you will be amazed at the measures of grace that come upon you to see, to understand, and to grab hold of the invitation, 
the opportunity and the strategy of holiness. Father God, I thank you that every single person watching this who's responding, who's who's making those comments in the chat or posting in the, the chat, they're saying, Lord, here I am. Whatever their words are, whatever their expression is, the words don't matter, the heart matters. And thank you, Lord, that there you go. There are your radicals of righteousness, your heroes of holiness. And thank you, God, for all of us that you are really helping wake us up. You are really helping remind us and release a renewed revelation of the invitation, opportunity, and strategy of holiness. And Lord, I come against every lie of the enemy that's gotten into the church, that choosing holiness or choosing righteousness is religion or performance or legalism. We, we cover all those lies with the blood of Jesus and say they are silenced. And we thank you, Lord, that we're going to realize that one of the great reasons you gave us such amazing grace is to not only be saved, but to walk in the fullness of who you are and who we are in you, with you, and for you once we are saved, to walk in holiness and righteousness, to see and embrace the invitation, opportunity, and strategy of holiness, every single situation that we face, every set of circumstances that we're in. And Lord, when we miss it, when we blow it, thank you that your love is certain, your mercy is complete, your forgiveness is total, and your grace is there to help us see it, help us repent, to change, not hang our heads in shame because we blew it, but to change the way we think about things, look about things, speak about things, choose about things, that we we step into that place of imputed righteousness and we think about it and see it from your perspective, the perspective of holiness through the mind of Christ, the heart of the Father, and through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And thank you, Lord, that the people who are saying yes to this, the people who are saying, grace me to grab hold of this, God, to, to learn to walk with you in this, God. And that includes me, Lord. I need your help, and I'm grateful that you have given us a helper who is the spirit of holiness, and we get to know him even more and walk with him even more fully and put you on display with him and through him more than ever. God, thank you that you are going to use us to not only help birth moves of God, but help sustain moves of God. So we're able to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the souls and nations that you've paid for. In your mighty name, I pray, Jesus. Amen. Hey, everybody, thanks so much for being with me this week. Before I let you go, I want to remind you of a cool opportunity we have for you, a cool offer we have for you. The entire month of February, we're doing something special that anyone who partners with RHM at $30 or more a month in February, we're going to send you um, a gift. We're going to send you a download of the decree manual because God is really inviting us to be making decrees um, in this hour to frame the rest of our 2024 and the great things he has for us this year and in the coming years. So if you go to roberthotchkin.com and give and click the giving link, you can give a one-time gift and we'll put that to work on behalf of the gospel all over the world. Um, but we're really believing to build up our partner base because our partners help make everything happen. Our partners make all our meetings, all our uh, media, all our missions, all our mandates to help make all that happen. Help us go around the world with the presence, power, and personality of God, with meetings, conferences, events, um, uh, ministry, uh, uh, missions, you name it. Um, so thank you to all our partners. You deserve a huge thank you. And we'd love for you to partner with us. And if you do this month, we will very happily 
uh, send you a the decree booklet. I think I said manual. It's actually a book, and it's filled with two dozen decrees in really powerful areas. And you can put the word of God to work in your life in these areas and see these things established. Because when you send forth the word, something happens. And I know you're, 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 you don't partner with a good work to get something, but when you bless the world by partnering with Robert Hodgkin Ministries, we want to bless you right back. So go to roberthodgkin.com, click that giving link, give a one-time donation. We'll be super grateful for that. Um, and and please consider becoming one of our Go Team partners and helping help us go to the whole wide world to empower the church in this hour and bring the presence, power, and personality of Jesus everywhere we go and to everyone we meet. We would so love and appreciate that. Thank you so much for being with me this week for this episode of Heroes Arise. Don't forget, we've got our Supernatural Mentoring Series coming up for you um, in just a couple days. We post one of those every single week. And hey, why don't you just subscribe to this channel and then you'll get notified every time we upload new content that's going to equip, empower, and encourage you, whether it's through prophetic words or through the Supernatural Mentoring Series. Thank you so much. God bless you. And I'll see you back here again soon. Ready for more? Go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Front Lines.